Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh. There's Chuck. There's JJ over there. Let's get to it and talk about maybe the most famous painting in all the world. Perhaps. Um, Sad Clown Hobo. <laughs> By John Wayne Gacy. <laughs> right. <laughs> have you seen the Mona Lisa? I have. Same here. Uh, I'm sure your first impression, like many people, was, huh, sure is small. It's it's impossible to not have. You can go into it saying, I'm not going to think that. I'm, I've been prepped. <laughs> I'm not going to let myself think that, and you will think that. Yeah, it's two feet six inches by one foot nine inches. Mm-hmm. It's a small little painting. It is, and they have it behind some seriously protective casing. Yep. Uh, you can't get too terribly close to it. Nope. You can get kind of close, but not, you know, you can't just walk up right on it. No. And um, I think we talked a lot about the, why they have it under that casing in our How the Louvre Works episode, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think we covered that. Uh, this is a little more about the lady herself. Um, they think for sure that Mona Lisa was a person, yeah, uh, a real person. And there's been a lot of debate over the years. But the, the current thinking is... What's her name? <laughs> oh, boy. Is uh, Lisa Gerardini del Giancondo. Nice. Um, also known as La Gioconda. Very nice. Because she's a lady. Yep. And she was a wealthy woman uh, married to a wealthy silk merchant. And the thinking is that he had this commissioned uh, to celebrate the birth of uh, their the impending birth of a child. Yeah. And it's bizarre to think that we don't we don't know much about the Mona Lisa. It's not that old. I mean, um, Da Vinci started it, I think, <laughs> 1503 is when he started the painting. Exactly, which yeah. is what I was going to say eventually. Okay. Um, so it's not it's not so ridiculously old that that it, it's just completely lost to history, and yet it is because the um, the Giocondo family never took possession of it, and the reason that they think that they're almost certain that that is who it is that it's La Gioconda in that painting um, is that there there was a, uh, a book written about it in the time that Leonardo da Vinci's sons were still alive, Mm -hmm. and so still around to refute this, if it was incorrect, that it was her, that she was the one who was seated there. And then years and years later, somebody found a margin note somewhere in some book or some notebook that said as much that Lisa Giardini, Giardini, Mm -hmm. sorry, um, was the Mona Lisa, and that she was going to be sitting for this work that da Vinci was working on. Right, and they speculate about the impending pregnancy because she has some kind of loose clothing on, and that little smile uh, is interpreted as, oh, guess what's coming? I'm about to give birth. I can't wait. <laughs> so we should probably talk a little bit about the um, the artistry of the Mona Lisa. I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. Meh. <laughs> oh, really? Are you crazy? You don't like it? It's not that I don't like it. I'm just I'm not a big fan of portraiture, period. Uh, not a lot of portraits knock me out like others, um, other paintings do. Okay. Um, I can appreciate them for sure. Yeah. But I've never looked at a portrait and been like, man, I want that in my house so bad. Not a big Rembrandt fan, huh? Nah. So, um, I think one of the reasons I appreciate it, Chuck, is because I recently saw Decoding Da Vinci, a Nova, little Nova documentary. The Tom Hanks movie? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a mullet in it running around all over the place. Um, no, this was uh, this was even more legitimate than that. Oh, wow. But, but they really go into, you know, the techniques that he used in this painting, especially the sfumato method, 
yeah. that he's very well known for, which uses shading and and um, just some other stuff. You're gonna have to watch the Nova episode for it to to be explained. But mm-hmm. but the the upshot of it is there's no lines yeah. in the Mona Lisa. There's no hard lines. There's no he didn't paint a line. He suggested lines. Every line in that painting doesn't actually exist. It's all an illusion created by the painting techniques that he was using on the Mona Lisa. And they really go to town explaining this, and it really makes it that that much easier to appreciate. Yeah, another thing that's mentioned here in the uh, House of Works article is the fact, and this kind of stood out to me, is mostly when you see portraits, especially, especially? oh my lord, sure. uh, from that era is you have someone in a room, maybe, and not necessarily a landscape as well. Right. There were landscapes and there were portraits and never the tween shall meet. But he blended those two things together. Uh, and there's a landscape behind the Mona Lisa and an aerial perspective. And she's very much in a big open space with this, these mountains and winding paths behind her. Mm-hmm. And your eye doesn't always go to that because you're looking at that face and that smile. Right. But uh, that look, dreamy landscape is certainly back there. Yeah, and I think what, what they're what they're remarking about is that it's supposedly an imaginary landscape, and that yeah. most people didn't paint imaginary ones. And there people have tried to prove that it actually is an imaginary. Most recently, a pair of Italian researchers, uh, Olivia Neschi and Rosetta Borchia. I don't do it nearly as well as you, <laughs> but they said no. It's this place in Montefeltro, in the east of Italy, east of Florence, on the Adriatic coast. And they're like, this mountain is this one. This is oh, this mountain. They said this bridge used to be there, but it's since been destroyed. This lake is no longer here. It was filled in by mudslides. But they're pretty sure they pinpointed it. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're correct. It's it's still speculative. But they have they seem to have a pretty good case to back it up. But, but their a supposition of, is that La Gioconda posed in front of that. No, no, just that he he um he that's what he painted. Okay, you know, gotcha. Yeah, so so yeah, I don't think that they were saying like sh- he made her sit there for four years, <laughs> or that she was ever even there. But that it wasn't. Their point is is that it's not a made up landscape. Well, no, I mean I'm sure he took a photograph of her, right, and then just worked from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knowing Da Vinci, he probably did. Uh, I will say that the uh, Mona Lisa's eyes following you, the Mona Lisa effect. Mm-hmm. which he did not invent, but it is referred to uh, that way anyway. Yeah. And I know you're pretty um, pretty into this idea that eyes can follow you. Sure. That works on a laptop even. It does, and, and that's a whole other short stuff if you ask me. But this um, this this Mona Lisa effect, it, it, that, it being called that, the eyes following you around the room in a yeah. painting, that's actually a misnomer because they've proven that the Mona Lisa does not actually demonstrate the Mona Lisa effect. Oh, it did to me, man. Does it? I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, the fact that I got super drunk at lunch. But sure. <laughs> I was sitting at my desk, and I was I was going, you know, heavy back and forth to the left and right, yeah. and they seemed to be following me. Or maybe it was suggested, so I saw it that way. I don't know. I, I wonder that, man. I wonder if that is because— when I looked and saw that it, she doesn't have that effect, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally see it. They, they, Some researchers measured where people pointed on the screen or pointed on themselves where she was looking. And most people said she was looking past them to their right about th- at a 30-degree angle. Hmm. Well, it may have been power suggestion. Yeah. For both of us. Who knows? Uh, all right. Well, let's take a break here. And okay. then we'll hear, you will hear, we will say a little bit 
about when and why the Mona Lisa became soups famous. All right, Chuck, I thought that break would never come. Right? So um, it's funny to think as famous as the Mona Lisa is, but she was fairly neglected by the world until the mid-19th century. And even then, just like a small little group of French uh, art critics finally discovered, you know, this Da Vinci painting and were like, this is a masterpiece. This is an amazing work of Renaissance art. We haven't noticed all these few hundred years, but it's amazing. They didn't really tell the rest of the world. And people liked the Mona Lisa. It was fine. But it wasn't until she was stolen off of the wall in the Louvre in 1911 that the world really sat up and and took notice. It's very much like that Cinderella song, you don't know what you got until it's gone. (laughs) That happened with the Mona Lisa, too. I think they wrote that about the Mona Lisa, right? Probably. Uh, Yeah, August 21st, 1911, there were three... Uh, handymen that uh, just kind of went out the side door with the Mona Lisa. Uh, It took 26, and this is kind of evidence that she wasn't that big of a deal yet. It took a whole 26 hours before anyone even noticed she was gone. Mm -hmm. And um, whereas today, you know, there would be alarm bells like the second that was removed. Yeah. Uh, But it was put in the papers, and all of a sudden it kind of ran away in the press. The Louvre shut down for a week. And everyone from Pablo Picasso to J.P. Morgan were named as uh, potential suspects. Yeah, they th- they thought J.P. Morgan was financing people to steal them for steal like artworks for him. Amazing. Yeah, and actually, it's funny that raises this other thing, Chuck. Real quick, there's um, there are accusations against wealthy Chinese people, um, like who are funding art heists to repatriate Chinese art. Oh, interesting. There's like a whole string of art heists around the world that are just um, ancient Chinese works of art. And they think that some people in China are financing it. It's, it was a GQ article called The Great Chinese Art Heist. Wow. Well, I certainly believe in repatriation to a certain degree, but I don't know if you should go to that length. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, the newspapers get it out. Louvre shuts down. People were coming to the museum to see what was known as the mark of shame, that Mm -hmm. empty, you know, non-cigarette stained square on the wall. And everyone went and went, is that how big it is? (laughs) (laughs) That that little non-dusty square. Yeah. Uh, And then it took a full 28 months uh, for this thing to finally reappear with an attempted resale from Vincenzo Perugia. And the uh, owner of the art gallery that was being offered this painting said, yeah, this is the Mona Lisa. You know what? I'm going to make sure you get a good reward for this. Just stick around and stay right there. I'm going to go in the other room and make a quick phone call to the reward center. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And make sure you get your rewards. Just reward right there, reward. (laughs) And then Homer Simpson just stood in place (laughs) and waited for the Italian uh, polizia to come. Yep. And he, uh, he got busted. And he got eight months in prison for this. It was a pretty big art heist, but he was in Florence trying to sell it. So he'd stolen it from the Louvre in Paris. And his defense was, Napoleon stole this from us, 
and I was repatriating it myself. Oh. And I think he actually kind of got, you know, eight months isn't exactly a slap on the wrist, but it's also not a um, a ridiculous sentence either for for what he got so or for what he did. So um, I think that actually helped. That defense worked. Do you know if he ratted out his two buddies? I don't know. And I don't know if it would have mattered because he was the one that lived with it in like a, the false bottom of his steamer trunk in his apartment for two years before he he tried to sell it. So... I don't know if it would have helped at all. Man, I wish I had a false bottom. <laughs> Steamer trunk, those are, would be pretty handy. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like a bottom. No, 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 just a false bottom trunk like seems like fal- a... False bottom girls, they make the rock and world go around <laughs> kind of false bottom. Stop it. Can we say that? It's not the 70s any longer. I think we're okay. Okay. You got anything else? Nothing. Well, then everybody, short stuff says, Arrivederci. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.